Aiken, a professor and agricultural law and water specialist in the Department of Agricultural Economics here at UNL, to discuss problem-solving courts. He has a new article which we've posted on our farm and ranch management website at farm.unl.edu, providing an overview of these types of courts, how they function as alternatives to jail time, and how their cost compares to incarcerating alleged offenders. Dave, thanks for joining me. Good to be with you, Ryan. So when you talk about problem-solving courts as an alternative to incarceration, the first thing that comes to my mind, and maybe one that a lot of people are familiar with, is drug court. And uh, you write that that was actually the first problem-solving court that was established in Miami back in 1987. So uh, when did problem-solving courts make it here to Nebraska? Well, it was about 10 years uh, after uh, they established the first drug court in Miami, uh, where they had lots of uh, lots of drug offenders, and I, the judges just got very frustrated with, you know, sending these uh, folks to prison. Uh, you know, as soon as they would be released, they would start their drug habits up again, and and you know, it was just kind of a revolving door sort of thing. So they tried to come up with an approach that would uh, that would address the problem, the underlying problem, rather than just, just putting people in, in jail. And, but it was, it was, uh, uh 1997 for the, when they started in Nebraska and all 50 States, uh, have these, uh, problem solving courts now. And so it's an idea that, uh, has, has kind of taken off. And how prevalent are they across Nebraska today? And, uh, how have the problem courts, problem solving courts expanded beyond the drug courts? Well, um, we have 12 uh, judicial districts in Nebraska. Uh, these are where the, the district courts uh, in uh, the Nebraska legal system are, are, are located. And each um, of the districts has uh, one or more of these uh, problem-solving courts. Uh, the most uh, widespread are the um, what they call the adult drug courts, and I think every district has one of those. Um, they also have uh, juvenile or young adult uh, drug courts and family drug courts, where they you know where they try to work on it you know from uh, a whole family type of situation rather than just a particular individual. And we also have uh, veteran courts. Uh, in in Lincoln and Omaha, and those are uh, uh, those are uh, starting to uh, garner some attention as well. So, how does one become eligible for problem solving courts like these? And once they do, how does the process work for defendants in Nebraska to even take their case to this court in the hopes of avoiding jail time? Okay. Um, if you are convicted of one of these nonviolent offenses, you know, typically a drug offense, um, then once the, uh, there has either been a voluntary guilty plea entered or the, uh, defendant has been convicted, um, of the drug offense, then the defendant's attorney can approach the judge and request that the judge uh, consider, uh, the person to, uh, be 
to participate in the um, drug court program uh, as an alternative to going to jail. And uh, the judge is the one who decides, and they, you know, consider all the circumstances around him, surrounding the, uh, you know, the defendants, the the crimes they've committed, uh, you know, what had there been, you know, they've been accused of other crimes, this this sort of thing. What does their their record look like, and and what does the drug think their potential is for rehabilitation? And then if the person is accepted into the drug uh, into the drug uh, program, and there are, I think close to a thousand or maybe over a thousand people uh, in Nebraska involved uh, in in these uh, in these problem solving court uh, programs, then they are uh, then they are given a uh, a counselor uh, who can uh, a therapist who can help them deal with if it's a drug issue to deal with their drug issue. Uh, but there's also, uh, in these, and they work pretty intensively with that therapist, probably meet with them on a weekly or maybe by a weekly basis. Uh, and then probably something like muscle month or, or in that neighborhood, uh, the team who includes the, the prosecuting attorney, the defense attorney, uh, the probation, uh, officer and the therapist, uh, will meet uh, with the defendant and the judge, uh, you know, and they will review the progress and uh, the judge will, you know, be the, be the, uh, the, the sort of the, the, give them the tough love to try to get him to stay on course and let him know if they don't, you know, if they don't make it, then they're looking at jail time and, you know, and all that, all that stuff to keep them on the, try to keep them on the straight and narrow and to get them across the finish line. Uh, but that is, that is the, uh, that's kind of how it's worked. It's, it's kind of like an intensive uh, probation process, but, you know, they've got the therapist in there and the regular meetings with the judge uh, to try to keep the, uh, the person uh, uh, on track. So it sounds like the resources provided by these problem-solving courts work really to to treat the issues at the heart of these offenses, rather than uh, simply incarcerating the individuals. And and you know we know in Nebraska a lot has been written about overcrowding issues we have in in prisons and jails here. Uh, so what's the cost effectiveness of these courts, these problem-solving courts, compared to? incarcerating people and maybe in addition to the cost effectiveness you could touch on the uh you know the impact just on society that, that these courts might have well the the uh that's a great question and uh you know the the uh non-recidivism rate uh that's a mouthful uh that is the number of people who go through the program and who reoffend. I think it's 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 close to sixty percent or more, you know, who do not reoffend, uh, and and that's a pretty high rate uh, of of success in terms of uh, somebody not becoming a repeat uh, not not becoming a repeat offender. Uh, the cost of these programs are are you know seven or eight percent of what it would cost to put somebody in jail. So for you know first time. Nonviolent offenders, you know, this is a really an attractive program. And when we're looking at 
you know, the correction uh, issue in Nebraska from a larger perspective uh, than, and, you know, we're currently considering uh, building a new, uh, a new facility uh, to, to, to deal with the overcrowding situation that we have and so forth. You know, one option that, that certainly needs to be part of the discussion would be, can we put some additional funding into these, uh, into these problem court uh, programs uh, and and try to help deal with the, um, the 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 rising jail population that way and and divert some of them uh, from jail where you know they can pick up a lot of bad habits and other stuff even if they're in there for a, a relatively short period of time for a nonviolent offense uh, they can come out a lot different than they go in and not necessarily in a good way so this is something that is certainly uh, I think we're we're being part of the discussion and we're taking a look at. And I, it's also a part of, uh, you know, local government that I wasn't very familiar with. And I suspect that most Nebraskans are probably not very familiar with either. So it's, it's a, but it's a good program to, to put a little spotlight on it. Absolutely. Well, again, you can find a new article on this subject on our farm and ranch management website, farm.unl.edu. Dave Aiken, professor in agricultural law and water specialist here in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Ryan.